Welcome to a new episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Dylan from the Chomp Chain Podcast. Me and Dylan sit down and talk about his history with the Soul Series, which is really interesting. He's also a musician, and like I do with most musicians that I bring on the show, I put some of his music at the end, so be sure to stay tuned after the credits and check that out. Meanwhile, if you want to be on the show, send me an email, dgspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Where did you start with the Soul series? Did you start back with the Dark Souls one? Yep. Yeah, I started with one um, under kind of like uh, I don't know what the word is, like more low key circumstances. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Uh, I had no idea about the like whole mythology of just the, the series as, as a series and how, how hard it was supposed to be and all that. I just kind of picked it up because it looked cool. Was that it? Like you just saw a cover or saw a trailer somewhere and we're like, "Yep, I got to play that. That looks like my well, jam." Uh, I came into possession of a PS3 because uh, my stepdad was like, hey, I bought this thing years ago. I don't really want it. Um, and I was like, oh, I came shit. into possession of. Sounds <laughs> yeah. like, definitely sounds like you stole it. All <laughs> right, it does, yeah. Someone who isn't me came into possession of. No, I uh, I had played 360, and I think I let my brother take it with him to school, and it got something happened to it there, so it didn't have that anymore. So my stepdad was like, hey, you want to use this PS3? So I went over to GameStop, and I was like, all right, what's the bargain bin games? And uh, I came home with, like, for they were $5 each. Dark Souls 1, Portal 2, and uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution. Like a $15 haul. And this was Holy around, shit. I think this was 2000, late 2013, perhaps early 2014. That's Those are, like, three, like, significant games. Yeah, three, like, kind of all-timers. And I, I didn't get far into uh human revolution the other two um got my money's worth and then some <laughs> did you have like were you playing video games a lot around this time yeah i've always played video games i started uh, i'm sort of i guess i should are we this is it right we're going oh yeah we are started we? yeah <laughs> cool good good just like chomp chain i have no idea what the fuck is going on um <laughs> so <laughs> Hey, I didn't so, bring you in here to promote your own shit. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry. All right. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I guess I should be forth, forthright in saying that I, I guess I consider myself more on the fringes of, of being a, a gamer. I've always played video games from, from Genesis onward, but they do have some sort of like, uh, I don't know, they have their place in, in my life and it's a secondary to, to a, uh, I guess you'd call them hobbies or, or lifestyle choices, but I've always played games. Um, but I've also always gone through uh, dark patches where I don't play much or I have a hard time getting into games. And around 2014, uh, I had, which is when I start, when I first was introduced to Souls, I had played, I had just finished with the Metal Gear Solid series for the first time, um, up to four at that point. So I was a little burned out on um, story. And okay. yeah. so, and I guess when Dark Souls came out in 2011 i didn't really i had heard about it and i had known that uh chris Mosier, my boy was playing it but uh you know that kid's always playing games so i paid no mind to it and he was playing dead space and all kinds of stuff at the time so i kind of was stuck on skyrim at that point so uh, until 
Uh, so once I got through with the with the Metal Gear Solid stuff, that was when I decided to go look for those games, and I found those five bargain bin games, and one of them happened to be Dark Souls. So I uh, I kind of I, I think I played Portal Two first and like beat it through and through, and then I started Dark Souls, having absolutely no. I was like, oh, this is just like an action RPG, cool. Uh, had no clue what I was getting myself into at all. And but I wasn't really into games very much uh, at the I had kind of taken a few months, and I almost credit Dark Souls because that was at a time when I was not I was not happy with my job. I was not happy with a lot of stuff going on. So I especially wasn't, you know, I, I would spend like four hours playing games and I'd be like, oh, shit, what am I doing with my life? I got to like, I got to uh, improve my situation some somewhat. So when I got Dark Souls, it uh, it kind of sucked me in in a way that a game hadn't in a long time and that I, I almost, it commanded my respect. Uh, it made me take it seriously, which is something that uh, not a lot of games can do, I, I don't think. Yeah, a lot of games, it's it's very easy to kind of dismiss them as just like, oh, this is just like a stupid, really, like, video game. But, like, for some reason, like, Dark Souls feels like, no, I want to be able to do this. Like, this seems like a challenge for some reason. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the stuff that I'm into is, um, I guess, skill-based. So, like, I, I, I like playing music, so obviously that's all about um, skills and harnessing of skills and sort of something that uh, you, you you have a reason to want to go back because you want to be better the next time you do it. And Dark Souls, uh, it, it struck that chord with me where this didn't seem like um, I wasn't trying to beat parts of the game to advance the story. I wasn't trying to do it for any other reason uh, than to beat it. It's like a Sudoku puzzle. It's like, you know, you're not going to be either you're going to beat me or I'm going to beat you. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to I'm not going to stand for being beaten by a game. Um and I would imagine coming after coming off of like Metal Gear Solid Four and like the eight hour cutscenes and things like that, like just having like nobody talk to you for more than thirty seconds at a time was pretty refreshing. Yes, and um, I did play those games on. I think I played almost all of them on on hard the hardest settings because for the same same reason that I I just want a challenge and uh, I guess it's not it's just not enough for me personally to uh, be like pulled through with a story even as one one as uh, I don't know ridiculous as Metal Gear Solids. So yeah, with Souls, it was it was a not only a breath of fresh air to not have such um, character or uh, plot-driven story, but I mean, there is a story to be told. It's just through atmosphere and through uh, you know item descriptions and whatnot. But uh, it was something that like if there was a story uh, there that I had to seek it out on my own terms, and I liked that rather than being um, you know beaten over the head and, and given reasons to play the game other than the game itself, which is, I think, what Dark Souls accomplishes. The game is the game, and the mechanics of it all are enough reason to play it. You know what I mean? The sprites could be whatever they, you know, whatever. I mean, I happen to love them, but they could be whatever they are. Uh, if the mechanics are the same, I think the gameplay would it would hold up for me. Yeah, the it's amazing how much, how little of the game gets in your way of actually playing the game. Like, there's not a whole lot of stuff on the screen. Like, there's not... Like Dark Souls One looks a little dated nowadays, just because the UI is so huge compared to the next couple of games. But mm-hmm. um, like, like, it's literally just you in the world and like some enemies. Like, there's no waypoints. There's no like a talking head in the corner telling you your net subjective. Like, there's just literally but nothing but you and the game and the enemies in front of you. It's really really nice. Uh, yeah, and that's something I think that's unique in this era of gaming. Because um, I, I I know a lot of people who are kind of they don't. <laughs> They're retro gamers. They don't consider themselves retro gamers because they just don't like the word retro for some reason. But people that that are kind of like 
uh, really into Neo Geo and um, Turbo Graphics and all that kind of stuff, who decry a lot of modern games because of because of the hand holding aspect. Um, and a lot of them have played you know Kingsfield and the earlier FromSoft games. And I think that Dark Souls is a game that sort of harkens back to that era. For me, it's sort of because I, I started gaming on um, Genesis, but it wasn't until PS1 that I started to really kind of carve out my own, um, I guess, tastes in games rather than just the mm-hmm. games that, I don't know, my mom happened to buy for me. Um, yeah, whatever whatever cover looked cool at the at the Blockbuster or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she would, yeah, she would rent, one time, so she was she would, like, rent movies and games on Fridays at Blockbuster, and she came home and was like, I got you this game uh, for PS2. It was BMX XXX. <laughs> <laughs> i was like go mom i was like 11 i was like oh, oh i got away with this one so i didn't let her watch me play it, but... but yeah, yeah that's, uh... a... that's funny i had a oh, yeah. uh, i had a broken leg one time and uh my mom like i was confined to the couch after getting out of the hospital and my mom said i'm gonna go to the movie store and i'm gonna rent a couple of movies what do you want and like that movie uh oh shit the De- i think it's called desperado with okay um i think it's desperado uh I can't remember that dude's name now. The real stylish, like Mexican, uh, shoot him up. Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Yeah. yeah, the Rodriguez movies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The series. Um, so she brought that home, which I was seriously stoked about because that's what I wanted to watch. And then she also brought uh, Waiting to Exhale. So, okay. Like yeah, like eighteen, not eighteen, but like sixteen-year-old Jeremy stuck on the couch, like with two movies to watch for the weekends, <laughs> and those are the two <laughs> that she chose. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but um. Yeah, the yeah the age of blockbuster and just renting movies must I guess on on this generation. But uh, either way, with with PS One, um, I've always I love that console and and Dark Souls for some reason reminded me of a PS One era game because I, I guess I did spend so many hours on that console just kind of like scratching my head and and wondering what to do because I was a little kid and I wasn't you know I didn't have my hand held by the game. Um, and Dark Souls sort of it, it thrusts you into this world where um, you know you can go left, you can go right. Either way, there's something <laughs> there's something worth your time, and and mm-hmm. I think that's what. And also, just uh, this was just a little aesthetic thing for me. You know how in, in Souls games are mostly in, in I think one and two when enemies are really far away, they kind of get that strange pixelated jerky yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, quality to them. I, I I don't know. There's something like charming about that to me. Where it, I, I can't really explain it, but it, it just reminded me of, of PlayStation One and all of the you know the fun times I had as a kid, just just grinding it out with games and just trying things that I had no idea if they were going to work. Um, and sometimes they did, and sometimes they didn't. Yeah, when you had hundreds of hours to spend doing nothing but playing video games, and you could literally just try anything that you wanted to. Yeah, 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 and I think that's what. And obviously, I, I had available to me any playthrough guide that I could ever imagine. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't really like those, or I didn't want them with a game like Dark Souls. Some some other things where, you know, if it's for the point of advancing a plot, where it's like I'm stuck on this hard thing, and I'm not really sure what to do, and I really want to find out what happens next. But it's a game like Souls. I uh, not that I have any problems with people using them. Uh, just me myself, I didn't ever really think to do that. I actually had a lot of, uh, not a lot, but a couple friends who had played the Souls games. Um, already, and so they would come over and watch me play, and and sort of not tell me what to do, but make sure I didn't spend eight hours in Blighttown when I didn't have to. 
<laughs> make sure you weren't leveling up resistance. Make sure yeah. you knew how to upgrade weapons. <laughs> yeah, there was. Yeah, they t- turned me onto the Drake Sword, and um, I guess I one thing that I liked, and I don't know how um, if, if this is just like his own metaphor, but a friend of mine who's actually my roommate now, he was watching me play, and he was it was like right at the first. I think it was like the second day I got it, and it was I was in Undeadburg and. I would die and lose my souls and, and get pissed because I was, you know, obviously harvesting souls and trying to level up. And he pointed out to me, he was like, do you ever notice that whenever you, whenever you die and you lose your souls and you, or you die trying to get your souls back, uh, it makes you really like visibly upset and, and pissed off. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I hate it. And he was like, yeah, it's kind of like you're losing your souls in real life. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, man, you just made a really wacky comparison, but I buy it. Um, but I, I just did like that. Uh, it, it not, I don't even know if it was intentional, but just that sort of like bleeding through of the fourth wall of like, oh, you lost your souls. Better act like a soulless bastard for the rest of this until you can get them back. So I, I always I really... like the uh, idea that you go hollow in Dark Souls when you stop playing. So like your character literally goes hollow and has nothing to do anymore. So he just stands around like just like the enemies of the game do basically. Like that's always yeah yeah that, yeah. That's great and about or uh, in just how everything seems to have purpose in that mm-hmm. in that universe. Um, I've I've read is that I, I guess admittedly I'm not as um, hardcore as maybe some other guests on your show or people within the community, but I've read that a lot of complaints about the uh, first launch of Dark Souls 2 was that there wasn't as much of that like kind of art direction with the enemy placement. It was a little bit more gamey rather than mm-hmm. um, there's a story behind why the skeleton's in this chair. Um, you might not be told <laughs> yeah. that story, but there's probably a story. There, there's some sort of like coherence to it. Or you could you could make up a story and it would be like there's just enough foundation in the game for the story to actually work and for people to be like, yeah, sure, I could, I'll buy that. As opposed to just making up a story out of thin air and there being nothing in the game to support it, which is the case for some some of the later games. Did did you sure, struggle yeah. with the controls at at all? Like, did you have any problem, or did you just kind of come to them naturally? Um, if memory serves me, I didn't have trouble with the controls themselves. I definitely had trouble with the, uh, you know, mechanics and and not dying. But mm-hmm. as far as uh, I, I don't think that it was. The controls themselves it was more my understanding of them and more my like fluency with them that took a little bit but i think that's i don't think that's something wrong with the game but and no, oh, no i actually sometimes feel like you just have to learn how to play a game like that's just you know right and that's part of the like that's kind of the part of the the respect that i have for that game is that it's above all else it's fair um there's i don't think you can ever point to many instances in that game and say um oh that's just you know that was too. There's nothing too cheap. There's some things that teeter that line, but that's a, that's what makes it fun for me because um, I look at it like a learning experience. So if I learned that I you know zigged when I should have zagged, or I mean that's eventually that's really how I got into playing without a shield because I, I felt like I was on. It was like a half baked attempt to to like manage the dodging system that I would dodge when I could, um, but whenever I felt like I was doomed, I would just you know, hold that shield and, and pray. And I felt like that was getting in the way of, like I, I would be better at the game and I would be better at dodging if I just didn't have that luxury. And that's actually how I played um, through the rest of the, the series. No shield. Wow, that's interesting. Most people kind of depend on that shield and it took them until like Bloodborne to, to get off that easy mode, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I used it 
I use it all through one, uh, and then yeah, in two and two and three, I went without a shield because I just think I I got more the the, the rhythm game aspect of it made more mm-hmm. sense to me if I didn't have to. Uh, I felt like the shield like and even blocking would almost like hamstring me, and and I would be it would kind of like reset my mojo. So. Uh, yeah, I just found it more. I found it kind of easier, or, or just in some weird roundabout way. Did you? Uh, are you the type of guy that's playing like playing through multiple times, or did, is your first playthrough kind of canon, and that's that's the last one? Yeah, I I kind of played through them. I've only I actually so confession. I haven't beaten Dark Souls one. Um, okay. The story behind that is that I uh, being cursed in that game was like perhaps my least favorite thing i've ever done <laughs> in life yeah. so i got to see the scale list but there's um and forgive me for not knowing specifics i know that you can enter it from the top and in the bottom correct uh like that boss fight and there's there's no... one entrance on, on c there is yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. all right well either way i i started that boss fight and got cursed um and went back and got uncursed did it again was about to get cursed Paused the game, got distracted, did something else, never played it again. Uh, it, unfortunately, <laughs> it was just like my fear of uh, of having to do that over again. But at, at the same time, I wasn't. I liked Dark Souls one a lot, but I didn't really truly get invested in the series until um, I played Scholar of the First Sin this year. Did you uh, d- have you heard what Curse was when the game was originally released? Oh yeah, I'd heard. Um, doesn't it like bring you down to like one HP or something like that? Yeah, yeah, that's insanity. It's pure yeah. insanity. Yeah, Fuck but, you from. What are you even trying to do? <laughs> yeah, that's just... I, I appreciate the effort, but that's just rude, you know? <laughs> it's just plain rude. You're right. That is. That's un, it's inconsiderate of my time. So that was 2013, and then... Um, twenty. You said you played Dark Souls 2 Scholar mm-hmm. of Person this year. For the first yes. Time. Yeah, so I... Uh, yeah, a lot A lot happened life, life-wise in, the, in between that time, and... Um, I had, I don't remember the, I think it was just Scholar of the First Sin came out for digital download on PSN. And I think there was some sort of sale and this was about February and I was going through a breakup at that time and kind of needed some, something to, um, some, something different. You know what I mean? Like, I guess when you go through a breakup, there is. There's the things that you liked to do even when you're with that person, and when you do them after the fact, it still has that weird sting. So I needed something new, uh, and then I kind of just I got that game, and I think the first night I threw like seven or eight hours into it, and then oh, yeah, yeah, I went I went nuts, and then uh, that that one really like sunk sunk its teeth into me, and I ended up playing it all the way consistently until three came out in April. So every night, what about for, it? like, was it just the mechanical changes or like, or we just, just the hit you at the exact perfect moment in your life where you could like afford to put in all those hours and you could, yeah. you, know, you had a reason to put in all those hours. It was, it was definitely the latter because it was so far removed from my experience playing dark souls one that I didn't really notice many of the mechanic differences. And, um, I obviously noticed the huge differences between two and three, but yeah, it was definitely about having, Having the time and having the desire to really dump that much time into to a game because, like I said, I'm kind of spotty when it comes to games in general. So it was something just about the 
it's about the atmosphere that just and i think i was honestly hooked just from the name things betwixt it, it, <laughs> it just resonated with me with like this is some sort of between life and death um like area state of mind thing and uh i have a good time like you said attaching story where um it may or may not be but there's sufficient uh, atmosphere to support it if you would like mm-hmm. it to so I, I i made my same same character i've used the same name and uh character for all my my souls playthroughs this guy named al saint nowhere don't know what it means popped into my head so i just made that guy and had a good time uh you know getting to majula and doing the um just i just kind of i think i walked around majula like meticulously inspecting every inch of it for a secret and that's sort of how i approached a lot of the a lot of two which is why i think i was able to spend so much time in it um mm-hmm. i would spend a lot of time in every zone just kind of like poking around and looking for secrets and even if you know even if you don't find them um uh, there's still something there's there was still something to me enjoyable about to the hunt and uh when you end up finding i like i found that sex change coffin like 90 hours into the game just just from like oh let me poke around some, this uh forced fallen giants a little bit more and Yep, that's how it that's how it ended up being uh like such a time suck for me. <laughs> that's how you turned into um Alana Saint Nowhere. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I was just genuinely confused. I was like, what's going on here? Like what I didn't know what it was until I uh I kept trying it over and over again and somehow it dawned on me like, Oh, I'm a lady. And I played as a lady for a while. <laughs> Because why, why not? I mean, it doesn't matter. That's, that's another yeah. great thing about the Soul series. It's like there's hardly any difference in playing a male or female character. No. Yeah, bar- there's barely even a, an aesthetic difference. <clears throat> Although in Demon Souls, they had um, armor that was very specific, to, that was gender required. Like you could only be, you could only wear certain armor sets if you were a woman or a dude. So, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Um. So, like, Dark Souls 2 is, is a huge game compared to Dark Souls 1. Like, did your kind of edge of coming from Dark Souls 1 and kind of already knowing some of the mechanics help you out with that, or did it still take, like, a long time to get through that game? No, it didn't. It didn't take me a long time due to mechanics. It, it took me a long time, I think, because I, I wanted it to. I have this thing with games um, and TV shows where I don't want them to end if I really like them, so I kind of delay the ending. Um, like, I've been on... The last episode of Freaks and Geeks for like two months because I just don't want I don't want to watch it and I'll keep rewatching like older episodes again. Even though I've already the finished last episode series. is so good though. The last episode was amazing and I've seen it before like like twice, but for some reason I don't, like I don't want to like that's why I haven't beaten The Witcher three despite having like 110 hours into it because uh, I'll keep just bombarding myself with side quests because I don't want to finish the main quest. So it's a little bit of a bad habit. But with with uh, Scholar, it ended up being. Um, well worth it because I, I wasn't terrified of not terrified but i wasn't trepid uh, i wasn't tepid to beat the main story because i knew i had the dlc after the fact gotcha. mm-hmm. which which is something i've would and that the dlc to scholar was some of my favorite uh just some of my favorite oh. video game at, at, of all time holy shit yes yeah like those all three areas are just so fucking good like for all dramatically different reasons too like it's so great yeah it i think I enjoyed the DLC. Like, I guess if you look at it like a concentrate, I enjoyed it more just because there's so much about, just so much acquired stuff that I 
felt felt was like totally concentrated into those three DLC that I was able to totally enjoy it without having to, uh, you know, without any sort of learning curve. But to your original question, no, I don't think that uh, I think having a background in Dark Souls one as as kind of brief as it was, uh, I knew what I was getting myself into. And I think that makes a huge difference. I would I would try to I would still be overly ambitious and try to kill that big uh, that giant in the river at Forest of Fallen Giants, like like hour three, I went after that dude just because <laughs> he was there. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to want to live. I, I was so incredibly overconfident. Like, having played hundreds and hundreds of hours of Dark Souls 1, and like my, like my gaming life was almost dedicated to that game for a long time. And then Dark Souls 2 comes along, and I'm like, well, I'm King Shit of Turd Mountain on this, so I'm just going to go right for the hardest and da 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 da. And yeah, died instantly. I was like, okay, well, that was just a fluke. Now I'm going to do it for died instantly. Okay, okay, cool. That's fine. <laughs> Maybe I'll come back yeah. later when I upgrade my weapons. <laughs> yeah, there's certain moments where. I felt like, oh, let me let me try this guy. I'm not going to try too hard, uh, and then then they kill you, and you're like, all right, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually try this time, and then you realize, oh no, I just can't, I just can't kill this guy. <laughs> it has nothing to do with my approach. It's... But then you hear about people beating the game with DDR pads, naked and with unarmed. So I think anything can be done, maybe just not by me. Yeah, earlier today I was watching Lobo uh, Lobos go through Bloodborne using just one attack from one specific weapon. Like if there's a spin to win move, like when you charge up an R2 on the hunter's ax, like, and it's mm. like, you have to hold it down and like, it's a second or two before it like actually does the attack, but he's like shredding bosses in 14 seconds with it. And I, you know, I'm still having trouble with the main game, like just playing it normal <laughs> without any kind of handicaps. So like, it's just insane what people can accomplish with these games. Right. And I think that goes back to that. They're skill based in that there's certain, I think anything with skill, I get. I guess the difference between something like some like the concept of of skill and the concept of I don't know being used to something or or familiarity is that skill is based on like compounding truths where you start to accept if I do this if if I do A then B if I do B then C so someone who is actually dedicated to becoming better at at something like a Souls game can actually can actually do that I don't think there's much of a, a skill cap like an, a literal skill cap. Um, whereas other games, I think you can only, you only, they only necessitate you to be so good where something like dark souls that that ceiling is ever high. That's a good point. Yeah. I like that compounding truth statement a lot. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. Hmm. Yeah. I, I try to make sense. doesn't always work, but <laughs> you're doing, uh, I feel like you, you, you seem like you're like maybe a little nervous, but like this is going well and you podcast all the time. So like this, this is all, this is all perfect. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm not nervous in the sense of, uh, podcasting. I just, like I said, admittedly, I've never been, uh, I think as hardcore, uh, of a souls player as a lot of people in this community. So, but I do have my own reasons for liking it. And, and I think that they're valid in, in the sense that there's, uh, I think there, there's a reason that I like these games and it has almost nothing to do with with the content of the games themselves. It's all about the sort of like respect that the games have, have garnered from me. Um, and and the, that comes in from playing so many games that I, not that they're bad games, but just didn't really pull me in and for this from the same direction. So mm-hmm. I, I think I'm, I think I'm kind of just like an Elder Scrolls fan who plays other games to buy the, the like eight years in between those titles 
<laughs> Are you deep into Skyrim right now? I knew that Skyrim just came out, right? Like the re-release or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm way deep into that. Uh, I'm playing it on PS4, despite my uh, my gripes with Sony over the modding situation. But I I paid the sixty bucks for it because I actually for as into those games as I am, I never got around to the DLC because I when I played it on PC, I just modded them uh, all the way to like until Kingdom Come, so I never really got around to the DLC. But I didn't mm-hmm. mind spending sixty more bucks on it just because. It's one of my favorite games ever, and I'm, I'm getting my money's worth for sure. Cool deal. I uh, Skyrim was a victim of Dark Souls 1 for me. Like, I got to the part where, um, I don't remember the very opening of that game, but, like, something with a cart that you're on or something, and then, like, got into roaming around, and just, for whatever reason, like, the combat, like, I was so used to playing Dark Souls and the combat being so perfect that the kind of clunkier combat of Skyrim and that's I'm not like disparaging the game or anything. Like it just was to me, it was clunkier, but uh, I just couldn't get into it. And so I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just go back to dark souls, <laughs> put it in the game fly envelope and send it back. So I probably yeah, should no. try it again sometime. Everyone raves about it. I mean, uh, you're not wrong. The The combat is, is completely, it's, it's definitely clunky. And I think that's something that a lot of, a lot of action RPG games kind of struggle with finding that balance. Like, okay, well, is it an action game or is it an RPG? And, I, and in those respects, I think that Fallout kind of like gets around that with the VATS system, where mm-hmm. you don't you you don't have to be as skilled as your character can be. But I wouldn't fault anyone. I, I think my reasons for liking the Elder Scrolls and my reasons for liking Dark Souls are completely separate. And uh, I could definitely see how one would resonate with someone and, and not the other. You know, whichever way you want to look at it. But with, but I guess that's that's kind of funny because. Soul, or I was so preoccupied with Skyrim that um, when Souls, Dark Souls One first came out, I was, um, I wasn't even looking anywhere near that direction. Yeah, you all you were I looking kinda, at is like the next thing to do in Skyrim. Like <laughs> you're not looking at other video games yeah, at that yeah. point. Right, and um, yeah, I kind of regret that because I, I wish that I kind of got in on the the bottom floor of, of like the mystery of Dark Souls and the, I don't know. I, I feel like the community was trying to figure out the game in a way that is not it could never be true again because it already happened uh the commu- there's certain things that people are looking for now in certain aspects like whether not that they're gonna make another dark souls game but like when three came out as new as it was it wasn't dark souls one new and it wasn't like the community trying to figure out like the you know the just the overall mechanics of the game it, it's tough not to get jaded when like there's lore videos on the trailers there's lore videos before the game comes out. <laughs> like there's everyone's rushing to YouTube to be the first person with, you know, weapon move sets and secrets and things like that. Like it's uh, Gary Butterfield from Bonfire Side Chat talks about this, about how Dark Souls created kind of like a weird cottage industry around itself with all of these YouTubers and people writing books and people streaming and all this other stuff. And very much feels like there is a gold rush to get any kind of new content out there, like regardless of. Like it feels way more of like a individual, like I'm gonna figure it out and then I'm gonna run to the YouTubes, than a than a community effort of like all coming, everyone coming together and trying to figure out like what's the pendant from Dark Souls One mean. So. Hmm. Yeah. There's, and I mean that's sort of like you know the baby's not as cute as it used to be, but I, I think that's just <laughs> you, you got to deal with that because if you look at the round, like if you just look around at the community now, it's so it's so vast, and I think that's a great thing, and that's. You kind of have to take that with, with the the loss of mystery, I guess. 
Oh, absolutely. And if the community wasn't this big, like it wouldn't support things like this podcast or, you know, like the mm-hmm. amount of people on, that we that we talk to on Twitter that just talk about Dark Souls all day. Like none of that stuff would be there. So it's not really a complaint with it. It's just more of like how things have changed since, you know, 2009 when Demons came out. And it's just it's interesting to look at. Like, I don't know. Like it seems like there's been bigger franchises that have come out, and like, but I don't think there've been, there've been a franchise that has done that has like changed its community this much. Like it seems fairly dramatic to me. Yeah, I don't think there's any, I, not nothing that I can think of where even like first person shooter communities, which may be bigger in size, they have no, they have absolutely nothing. Like you can't measure the level of like community commitment like in the Dark Souls community to to really anything else. There's so many people who are uh, just willing to devote hours and hours and hours to content. Um, and on, so much of it is, is great. Like I've like watching the lore hunters videos and, and even, you know, stuff like this podcast and, and bonfire side chat, like you said, like even things that I, I'm not, like I keep saying, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm dipping my toes in, I guess, but I'm, I'm not fully plunging into this ocean of dark souls, but even the here, just the way people talk about it and the passion that people have for it uh, is enough to keep me interested and I'll listen to people talk about something that they're interested in um, based on that alone. It doesn't really matter what it is. And and the dark souls community is, I don't think there's anything like it in video games. Yeah. My father-in-law will occasionally be like, Hey, I listened to that episode of uh, don't give up skeleton. And I don't really know what you were talking about, but so-and-so was really passionate. And I really like that. Like he gets into just how excited people get about a video game. So it's interesting. Like, it's, it's funny that it inspires all of that stuff. Like, I remember, like, I never even ever would have thought I would have a YouTube channel, right? Like, it wasn't until Dark Souls came along before I was like, oh, yeah, like, some of the stuff I'm doing is kind of funny, and maybe other people would think it's funny, too. And, like, it's it's very weird how that whole scene blew up. Yeah, well, the internet is, is a strange and wonderful thing. <laughs> we should burn it down. I agree. <laughs> it, I don't know, man. Yeah, if you want to measure whether it does more harm or good. Um yeah. I don't think I have the metric for that, but but it, the good things that it does, it does well, and um, you know, I'm just happy to be a part of a group of people that are just kind of doing what they want to do for no other reason that they just want to do it, and yeah. because in, in everyday life that you do so many things just to get by, and um, if you can speak passionately and, and feel a certain way about something like a video game, which I don't think is trivial at all, I think that the way people choose to spend their time is is something that deserves your respect, regardless of whether or not you're um, up into that sort of thing. So like, I'm not into, I don't know, cross country skiing, but that's your thing. And you're really into it. Um, I'll listen to you talk about it. Cause I think that's, I think there's some, there's a through line between people. Um, and you know, it's not about what they're into. It's about why they're into it. And I think that's where uh, I, I become fascinated what I mean, what do you think, like, you, you mentioned earlier in the podcast, like, the um, Dark Souls kind of earned your respect for where some, where some other video games don't really do that. Like, what do you think it is about Dark Souls and stuff like Elder Scrolls that gets that from you and then other video games don't? Just the, because, like, you know, Elder Scrolls has waypoints and things like that and maps and whereas Dark Souls 1 really doesn't. Like, is there something, is there a common mechanic or a common theme across those games that would that would explain your interest in both of them i don't know i don't think so i don't think that there's so with dark souls the the skill the the fairness of the mechanics and the 
the challenge that it that it presents is something that um, I felt like it didn't it doesn't matter that it's a video game. It could have been an it could have been a friggin' arcade crane game. Um, if I feel that the 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 challenge is fair, it's something that um, like I said, I don't want it to beat me. Um, I don't know. I can't really explain it in um, in in much more ways than that. But with Elder Scrolls, it's more that I I do appreciate the story and the the combat and the mechanics of that are kind of a means to me just sort of enjoying that world. Whereas with Dark Souls, although I do enjoy the world, um, it's uh, the mechanics and the fighting and the the challenge of it all is the real reason I'm there. And the backdrop just so happens to be uh, incredible. I love the dark fantasy setting. I, I think it's as, I think it's as like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, it's as cool of a looking game as I'd have ever seen. Even Dark Souls 1, uh, even though it looks dated, just the the design of it all and the, the mechanic, or not the mechanics, the, the art direction is is what really pulls me in. It's like the same, I guess it's the same reason that I would look at a painting that I really like for a long period of time. Like I just sort of enjoy it. Um, and then if I could play a, a painting and it had some great mechanic, I, I would be as into that as I am Dark Souls. Sure, yeah. And you know, you could say like you can't really play a painting, but you can you can definitely study it and you can compare and contrast it with other paintings from that era and like you know perform a critical analysis of that painting and you can get more value out of it than just looking at it. So I, th- I think I think that analogy holds up pretty well. Yeah, yeah, and I think it value is a good a good word because. And I think that that's just a personal thing and it's a taste thing. I don't make, I would hesitate to make any statements about the fact that I think Dark Souls is a good game and that's why I like it. I think Elder Scrolls are good games and that's why I like them. I think it really comes down to my personal taste and certain things. So like Metal Gear Solid, on the other hand, um, is the story is so convoluted that I almost took that like challenge accepted. I will try to understand <laughs> what the fuck is going on. Um, and, and so there's, I, I can't really point to a, like a, a solid reason or a through line between the games that I like. Um, so like even something like portal two, I guess would be a similar mm-hmm. as similar of a comparison to dark souls because it, it is obviously the mechanics and the puzzle aspect of Portal, but then the the futuristic setting and the you know the laboratories and the 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 humor of that series um, keeps me there or keeps me there when the puzzles may be frustrating. So same can be said about Dark Souls. When even though um, the what is it, the blue smelter demon in the Dark DLC of Scholar, <laughs> yeah, dude, that guy. <laughs> Drove me up a fucking wall, uh, and it may have taken me like three guy, days. Getting to that guy is a pain in the ass. Oh yeah, no, it was unforgiving the entire way. Um, but if I didn't have like tremendous respect for for the game, and I never, I I may say a lot of things and and swear a lot and be pissed off a lot, but you'll never hear me say that fucking bullshit because it's not bullshit. Uh, it's me. It's always been me, and I think that had that. Um, when like things get tough in Dark Souls, it's it's almost always my fault. Um, I, I can for some reason handle that better than if I feel like it fits out of my control. Yeah. So if you started Dark Souls two in 
February of this year. Dark Souls 3 came out in April. Like, or you've got to be, like, souls out at this point, right? Like, if you went... Did you go back-to-back? Like, did you finish Dark Souls 2 and go right into Dark Souls 3? Yes. Yeah, I did. I went... Wow. And I think I... Everyone kept saying that, and I was like, no, no, I'm going to beat 3, and then I'm going to go back, and I'm going to play Demons, and I'm going to finally beat 1, and then I'll play Bloodborne. Uh, But yeah, by the time (laughs) I got done with 3, I was just like... I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I, I, uh, not not that anything to do with like I, I did want to go back to um, play demons, and I actually did borrow Joe 10's PS3. It's sitting right below my PS4. I haven't plugged it in since, but um, I did intend on doing that and still do. I think I just I played Dark Souls three until about June, so like that was a solid four four and a half months of pretty intensive souls playing. And then over the summer didn't really play anything because there was, as, there was so much going on for as masterful as the games are with the design and the combat and everything. Like they definitely ramp up the combat encounters across one, two and three. And like the, the intensity of the games, like the oppression of the games can, can definitely get to you. Like I, I find it where like I can do a run of dark souls one and I can be totally fine. But if I try to play another souls game immediately afterwards, I'd be a little worn out with it to be like, okay, okay, just, just chill out. <laughs> Don't want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I think the increase in, in speed, I guess in three compared to two was a good thing, at least for the time, because two is so, I mean, going back to it, I felt like I was, it was odd because it's in 60 FPS, so it looks smoother, but it plays slower. So it, it kind of like made me feel like I was in slow motion when I w- tried to go back to it after like 40 or 50 hours of 3. So I think the fact that 3 was a little more, I don't know what the word for it, it was streamlined or it was a little bit more, you know, you could do like, I think I could do as many roles in my first like 3 or 4 hours of playing Dark Souls 3 than I could do on like a level 150 character in two. Like I could do like seven rolls on one bar of stamina. In, in yeah, I feel like they, um, and I know you didn't play Bloodborne, but like in Bloodborne, like you you can dodge and you can roll. And then I feel like I can roll infinitely in Bloodborne just about. And it seems like they, they took that to, to heart in Dark Souls 3. Like Dark Souls 2 definitely has increased uh, stamina requirements for your moves and for your rolls and for blocking and everything. So it feels a little bit more of a stiffer game. Whereas something like Dark Souls 3 like definitely feels more agile. Yes, agile is a good way to put it. And I played the same type of character. I just played two um, dual-wield swords. And so the the my approach to enemies was the same, but I felt like my I had a lot more options in 3 than I did with 2, which I liked and I disliked because the limiting of options in 2 made every move have more consequence. Whereas with three, I felt like I could be a little more lackadaisical. And, you know, if I got hit, I got hit. That was, you know, the same for both games. But I, if I had to do an oh shit roll to the left um, in three, it would be really no problem. Whereas in two, that would then compromise maybe my, my plan. Because I'm always thinking kind of like two or three moves ahead. It is like a weird chessboard. It is. It is kind of like a weird chessboard like that. You know, that stamina-based, like, going back and forth, waiting for an opening, not letting your own opening up. Like, it's it's very much like that. I remember seeing, uh, like, I had played a bunch of Dark Souls when Game of Thrones came out the first year. Oh, yeah. Uh, seeing, I, I don't remember the episode or anything, but it was, like, 
two dudes with giant axes like they were fighting each other in a duel or something and i kind of i looked over at my wife and i was like that's dark souls pvp like what they're doing right now is dark souls pvp exactly (laughs) (laughs) yes i I only played pvp in three but i absolutely loved it and i think i got a good like 20 25 hours of just strict pvp that was actually gonna be my next question if you engage in any kind of the multiplayer or anything like do you summon people do you offer yourself up to summon do you do you do actual fights duels or anything what do you, what do i would do i would i would uh so in an orlando there's the what are the purple guys i was a purple guy the uh uh audric faithful audric faithful Aldric, yes that's what i was uh in three so i would sort of just go to the that big old fat guy down in the sewer or down that big old area in Orlando and just defend the hell out of that. And I would wear that, I think it was the helm that made you kind of look like Predator. I can't remember, I can't oh, remember yeah. the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, would wear, I would wear that and sort of just like not lock on and just spin around. So I had this like flow, like just doing like 360s with this flowing, ridiculous Predator helmet. I, I was just solely in it for the fun i thought i was being funny and intimidating people and then they just come over and whoop my ass so i had to actually figure out how to how to deal with the (laughs) mechanics luckily i have a pretty strong internet connection so i wasn't um falling victim to and i think dark souls 3 actually like the hit detection was pretty fair i never noticed much you know much fuckery is as insofar as like connection went which is something that i had heard was a problem in two yeah, and two, um, like with specific weapons, it felt like there was like an extra five foot hurt box on the end of each sword. Like especially with like long stuff, like the washing pole felt like it could hit you like across the room. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was really, it was not fun to play against, which is one of the reasons I don't, I never did a lot of Dark Souls two PvP, just specifically because of that. Yeah, I think I just was so focused on. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a big multiplayer guy anyway, but I was so focused on the single player aspects of Dark Souls 2 that whenever I encountered PvP or like whenever someone invaded my world, it would be more of like an oh shit moment. Like, I just want to get this over with so I can get back to what I was doing. And then mm. in three, three, I just sort of fell into it because I, I think I felt the most comfortable with three and felt the most like I, I feel like I knew how to operate my character in the most efficient way. Whereas with, with one, of course, I was still learning. With two, I could do it pretty well, but the mechanics still felt a little hamstringing. And then three was so fluid that um, I was able to just dump a whole lot of hours into it. I never got very good at it, but I had a ton of fun. And I just I, I just thought it was I was being funny with my little helmet. The secret to Dark Souls PvP is to realize that hardly any like maybe maybe 100 people in the world that I would consider good at Dark Souls PvP, and the rest are just like spastically hitting R1 at each other. <laughs> so that's yeah and and there's no real ranking system yeah. there's no well they they put the uh in the dlc they've put the arena in and apparently there's some sort of ranking system in there so I, but i haven't actually explored that i don't know like if that's just wins or, or what but like but no matter what the ranking system is like yeah you just know like there's gonna be some dudes that just play dark souls all day that's gonna be the top 10 of that immediately so right yeah i'd heard about that i actually i have a, a student of mine who He's big into video games, and he had never played a Souls game. So I had told him about Dark Souls 3 when it was about to come out. And he was like, oh, I'll, I'll look into that. And he came back like two weeks later, 
and when it had come out and he's like yeah i already finished the main story i'm on new game plus and he's on like new game plus six and i'm like dude jesus christ like i don't even think i've beaten all the zones on just my regular game but he, he took that and ran with it and so he's told me all about the dlc that was crazy you know, these kids they have no time to practice their instrument uh, all the time in the world to get new game plus six <laughs> the the one time i tried to play a musical instrument um i i got some like I don't even know. Like me, me and my guitar teacher didn't sit eye to eye. Looking back, I think it was because like I was drinking like caffeine drinks, and I'm pretty sure he was a pothead. So I think we just like didn't connect on a basic level. Like we were just on two different vibes. And uh, but yeah, yeah, never yeah. practiced whatsoever. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I had my first guitar teacher was he wrote his own book and he taught out of his own book, and he had his method that he was really stringent in, and he wanted me to learn how to read notation and i was 12 and i had a led zeppelin t-shirt and i was like dude i don't want to learn how to play swing low my sweet cherry <laughs> yeah teach uh, me how to rock <laughs> like can you just can you just teach me the blues or something please and i ended up i ended up quitting uh and then went to a different place where i met my i met the the guy that basically trained me all through middle and high school and then from there met my drum teacher and, and who i'm still who i still uh work with and but if I didn't do that, like one one bad teacher is enough to scare you away from music forever. So I, I was I'm lucky that I gave it a second chance and ended up finding something that worked for me. But yeah, if you don't have if if you're not on the same level as your as someone, no matter what it is, because um, even if like uh like I always in some way because you know, there's that that meme that Dark Souls is kind of just like a a glor or an, a built up mm-hmm. rhythm game. There's so much like may as well be donkey konga there's so much uh there's so much rhythmic aspect to it that i i have always sort of looked at it like it it does kind of demand the same discipline maybe not as much as playing an instrument um because it's like i said it's a skill you're just sort of learning that this is true if this is true then that is true and if i can do this i can do that and if i can't do this then i definitely can't do that so i think anyone who has the mindset to become good at something uh they just need they can do it they just you just need to find what it is that resonates with you and whether that's you know saxophone or dark souls or freaking ballet uh it's all valid and it's all cool and that's that's just kind of where i stand on it well the question i like to finish out on is uh like what do you want to see out of from software as a studio as far as like next games and they've announced some stuff but i'm just kind of curious like do you look at game developers and wish that for that kind of stuff? Or are you just like, just you guys figure it out and give it to me and I'll, I'll decide if I like it or not. Yeah, definitely the latter because I don't. So like I said, I haven't played demons or bloodborne and I actually bought a PS4 on the grounds that bloodborne was a PS4 exclusive. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, like when it was announced at E3, I was so psyched. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I have to wait until it comes out to play it. And yet here I am like, two two years later now almost mm-hmm. <laughs> still haven't played it uh but i want them to do what they're gonna do because uh they're fromsoft has proven that they've you know maybe for better or for worse but they they're gonna do their they're gonna do what they think is the right thing the right move um i don't have any say in that any more than i have a say in quentin tarantino's new movie um but something like that they just gotta you know they'll put it out and i'll play it eventually I do think that I will make a, a concerted effort to play Demon Soul and Dark Souls One, for that matter, again, and Bloodborne before I move on. 
uh, in the series with whatever they come with next. Well, if you uh, if you do get around to playing Demons and Bloodborne and you want to talk about it, you're always always welcome on this podcast because I I like to do follow ups with people. So, oh, I'd love that. That'd be great. That'd give me uh, more reason to do it. Well, Dylan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, I really, really appreciate it. You and I have been kind of Twitter buds and podcast buds for a long time, but it was really nice to like sit down and have a conversation with you about like my literally my favorite souls, my favorite series, game series of all time. So, thank you very much for coming on the show. The pleasure is all mine, man. And um, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me um, at the Chomp Chain Podcast. Uh, episodes released every Monday. You can find us on Twitter at podcast chomp uh, and we have uploaded our backlog at least most of it to chompchain.net if you want to talk to me personally you can find me on twitter at dexter m pepper uh that's just my pseudonym i have no idea why and other than that uh you have to find my address and send me creepy little letters that'll be in the show notes so if you want to send him creepy (laughs) letters i have the address in the show notes it's right, only man. revealed if you leave an iTunes review, though. That's the that's the yes, <laughs> yes, please, and leave one for this show too. <laughs> yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to do podcast chomp and don't give up skeleton, and then you'll then Dylan's address will be re- revealed on the iTunes. That's the way that works. Yep, that's that's the credits necessary. <laughs> As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast on Twitter at DGUS Podcast. If you'd like to come on the show, send me an email: DGUS Podcast at gmail um i've mentioned itunes reviews just now that those things always help really appreciate it telling your friends about the show also helps if you know somebody out there that you think would be a good fit for the show tell them about it i'm always always accepting new guests and remember don't give up skeleton i'm never gonna be somebody that you could fall in love with you're always gonna be somebody that i wish was in love with me I wonder all the time about the universe in which you're mine but I'm stuck here on this floating rock with you you're never gonna be somebody who takes away my troubles I'm never gonna be Somebody that you could call trouble free I think about a time and place somewhere, somewhere Out in space, but I'm stuck here On this floating rock with you And when I close my eyes never gonna call because I know you won't pick up the phone I think our planet's in a void or smashed up by an asteroid so we're stuck here on this floating rock apart